Moments, memories, laughter, pain. It happened, we feel it, we experience it, and it's all part of our story. A conversation that changes everything, a circumstance that gives us perspective, beauty that takes our breath away. Life is happening now and things are moving forward. Our journey is being written and God is in our midst. And if we pay attention, we'll notice. When we trust, He inspires. When we surrender, He redeems failures. He plants vision. When we unite our efforts, we get to be a part of something beyond what we could ever imagine. God changes lives. He builds stories. And building stories is the reason we are here. Amen. Right on. We're in this series, of course, called Vertical Story. And uh, we just believe, like the scripture says, that uh, our lives are living epistles. Our lives are telling the stories of the goodness of God. And uh, we just believe not only um, do our stories matter because they bring glory to God, but they also inspire others. And so God uses us uh, to bring glory to his name, but to also transform lives. And so I want to introduce to you this new organization. It's called Door International. And they are a ministry that reaches the deaf community. And now many of you would say, you know, uh, what makes that so unique or what's the weight of that? You're about to find out some just incredible, staggering statistics um, about the need when it comes to ministering to the deaf. And so I do want to just give a shout out to kind of where all this started. Uh, again, if we talk about our stories all working together to bring the glory to God, um, one of the ways that it is, is God just kind of sends you what you need and who you need. And um, over here is Amanda. Everybody get up for Amanda as you wave. She's over here. Not, not. And uh, Amanda, her is just so sweet. She is just such a saint. If you know her, that's like a strong amen. And I know you're not supposed to play favorites in church, but um, she's our favorite. She is a saint of the saints. And uh, we are just at her side and love her and so grateful uh, that God has connected her here at Vertical Church. And she um, got connected uh, through a job opportunity with this ministry uh, called Door, and we began talking about what it looks like, and she's been presenting um, the, the great need uh, of this ministry and uh, also the tremendous opportunity that we have as a church uh, to just partner with what God is doing all over the world in the deaf community. And so I do want to say this before I bring the team up, and that is this. Um, you know, a lot of times we get up here and we go, oh, legacy, and we want to expand our classrooms, and you go like, yeah, that will be nice for the church. But uh, uh, what you don't realize, and I know we even say it, but you still don't realize it, that when you give, like at the Legacy Offering, and we're able to expand our rooms, our heart is always to share that stuff. And so as ministries come in and we make partnerships, we say, hey, would you like to use our second floor sanctuary? Can we provide our kids spaces to be able to do this and that? And so I just want you to know your generosity as you put God first uh, in those offerings and at other times, um, you're blessing so much more than just this church. And so this week, this ministry was able to host uh, meetings and trainings and conversations uh, all this week up in our spaces uh, with the deaf community. And here's what's amazing. It was like, it was global. There was people from all over the world that came and were participating in what, what, what the door is that you opened, uh, our second floor sanctuary. And so literally this week in little old Zealand, Field of Zeal, you, because of your generosity and your seed, uh, are transforming the world and the deaf community uh, through your generosity. So I'm just saying good on you and just keep praying over the way that God is leading this church because it's, it's opening so many opportunities uh, to make a difference. So just really proud of you as your pastor. Amen. Would you please give it up for uh, the door team as they come forward? 
going to introduce a few people to you here. Uh, coming in first, this is Mark, and uh, I just got to meet him this week and, uh, and make relationship with him, and uh, so incredible. Uh, he is deaf, you're going to see here in a minute. Of course, we have sign language going, and uh, I just can't wait for you to hear his heart and tenderness and passion um, for this ministry. And then this is Bob. I've got to know him uh, for a little bit. Uh, I don't know, the last couple months, we're getting to know each other a little bit. Absolutely. And um, just, just great. And, and this is Camille. Uh, she's going to be doing our sign language and interpreting. And, uh, and same thing, met her this week and just love her heart. And so uh, excited for you to be able to take all this in and absorb. I will say this uh, when we first start out is, um, you know, it's easy for us to come to a church and hear a church say something like, we want to expand our kids' ministry to reach more families. We go, yeah, because we have kids and we have families. We say, oh, we want to grow our men's ministry and our women's ministry. Yeah, because we can connect and relate, men and women. Uh, and then you have a ministry come in like this where we're going to talk specifically about reaching the deaf. And it's easy for us to go, ah, that doesn't so much apply to me. I can't connect the dots there. But just remember the mission of Christ is always for the one. Right? We're going to, we, we chase after and we pursue. Uh, it's always, always, nobody uh, forgotten, neglected. Christ died for everybody. And, and the gospel is for everybody. And, uh, and so I can't wait for you to hear um, not just the need, uh, but also the incredible passion. And um, you're going to be so inspired. I can't wait for you to hear it. So I'm going to stop talking. Take it away, guys. You started by asking me a question about this week. So I'm just going to answer that yeah. with... The space was phenomenal for us. You, you, we're just so, so grateful to you. And um, putting it all together, I could start to name names, but what a difference it made, including the technology, because we had to have some, some great stuff, because we had two people that couldn't come. So they're on the screen all week, and they're watching sign language. So imagine that, right? They're communicating with us. So we needed your technology, and it was fabulous. What were the countries represented? Just give us that. So you have Alan over here. He's from Costa Rica. Uh, he knows several sign languages, and you should wave your hand. And yeah, we got some friends over here, too, joining us today, yeah. And you have Jeremy over there. He helps us a, a ton with the technology. Um, so we had people from Kenya and Costa Rica and Colombia, and then a few of us that live across the country in the U.S. Mark lives in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, we represent many different sign languages. I think there were five present this week. So we use a language that we call door language <laughs> so that we can get the work done and do the... And thank you so much for the space and for loving on Amanda because we love her too. Yeah, yeah. All right, why don't you just give us an introduction, uh, just briefly kind of share a few things about yourselves and then we'll get into the mission of door. Good morning. My name is Mark, I'm deaf, and I've worked for Door International for 21 years. I have a wife who is deaf, and I have seven children, and all of them are deaf. Uh, we have lived in several countries, and we currently live in Minnesota. And I work for Door International as the director, the international director of Bible translation. I want to throw out a few things about deaf culture. Um, you notice when, when we were introducing the, our staff, I saw you were clapping. Well, in the deaf community, we do this for applause. This is deaf applause because it's more visual. So put, well, next time you can put your hands up like that, OK? Yeah. 
you know, worldwide, there are 70 million deaf people and less than 2% know Christ. Yeah, it's, it's the largest unreached people group in the world at this point. About 90% of deaf people are functionally illiterate in the written language of their country. And you, you might be thinking that sign language is universal, but in fact, it's not. Research shows that there are over 350 different sign languages in the world. And did you know that not even one of them have a complete Bible translation yet? Not one. And now only 25 of them even have a translation project in process. So this is a very unique need, and we are a unique organization because we combine Bible translation with church planting. Our vision is that every deaf life in the world would be transformed by knowing God, following him, and serving him. And our mission is to provide God's word and Christian fellowship to deaf communities all over the world. So I'm excited to be able to uh, share with you this morning. Thank you for having us. I, um, as I've been learning about this ministry, it's amazing the misconceptions uh, that you have when it comes to the community. Uh, they'll get questions uh, in the deaf community about, you know, why don't you just give them a, a Braille Bible? Uh, or um, why can't they just uh, read uh, on their own uh, about the Bible? Yes, well, Braille, of course, is for blind people, right? <laughs> Deaf people can see. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually do get that question a lot, so uh, yeah. And then people also ask why we just don't give printed Bibles to Deaf people. Well, the thing is, American Sign Language, for example, does not follow English at all. It's a completely different language. So you were born and grew up hearing language, hearing your spoken language, English, or whatever language you grew up with. And when you learned to read, you were just connecting the sound with the word you already knew. Like you would look at D-O-G and go D-O-G and go dog, dog. Oh, I already know that word. But when deaf children come to the point of reading, oftentimes they don't have any language. 85% of hearing parents of deaf children don't learn sign language, and so deaf children spend the first five years of their life at home not exposed to any language. Sign language is a very visual language with its own grammar and structure that's very accessible to deaf children, but when they're not exposed to it, they are, they're not able to get English, and so they don't get a language. Um, hearing people, of course, use the tone of voice to indicate uh, emotion and a number of things like that. In sign language, it's facial expressions. And so there's so many things that are different between a spoken language and a signed language that you can't even write a sign language down. There are so many things going on at the same time when you're signing regarding body movement and expression and so many things that it's very difficult to make it into a written language. This is an example of a sign language Bible on his phone. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I find so interesting is how strategic DOOR is. You know, as a ministry, it's pretty easy for me as a pastor to say, 
um, we want to go reach families. And so we realize that schools are involved and jobs are involved and these kind of things. Uh, and so one of the questions you have and I have when you're talking about how are you approaching this 70 million and only 2% know Christ, it's the largest unreached people demographic, where are they? How do you approach them? How do you gather them? How do you intentionally uh, reach them? And so I'm going to have you share just a little bit about um, how God is using you and moving that way. You may have never met a deaf person before, but in fact, you may be walking past them every day because when you see us walking down the street, we look just like you. We can walk, we can drive. You may not even notice that there are deaf people around you. It's just that we can't hear. There are many deaf people do choose to live in larger cities because there are more job opportunities for them. There are better services provided. And oftentimes deaf schools are in larger uh, cities, which means there's a larger deaf community. Uh, and when you have a larger deaf community, uh, then that's where deaf people want to live. Deaf people who live in a very small town may have only a few other deaf people in their town and feel much more isolated. So deaf people will often move intentionally to a larger city where there's a deaf community. Good. Um, one of the things that I found so interesting this week as again, they used our space and my office backs right up against to the space that they were using. And um, this week I got to encounter and experience the way that they worship. And it's much, much different uh, than how we typically worship. And I'm going to have them share because it's so powerful and really cool. Uh, but just open our eyes to uh, kind of how you, how you approach worship. So to be honest with you, uh, for those of us who are deaf here in the service with you this morning, it's a little hard for us to fully join into the worship experience that you're having because it's not in our heart language. It's not the deaf way of worship. And so in deaf worship, we use a drum, a very loud drum, and we can feel the beat and follow the rhythm. And then we use our hands and our eyes and our faces and that's how we connect with God. It's in our language. It's, it's original songs developed by deaf people. We worship through song. We worship through prayer, all in sign language. I, I want to tell you a story. We met uh, four deaf people from another country. And, I mean, they were profoundly deaf. All their lives they had signed. They were fluent in sign language. They didn't speak or lip read. And I, I asked one of them to pray. And all of a sudden, he put down his hands and started moving his mouth as if he were speaking and trying to use his voice. And I asked him why. And he said, oh, well, God doesn't know sign language, so I have to use my voice. Um, I'm going to have you keep speaking in that regard. Um, the misunderstanding, and you could even almost put it in a category of the forgotten or the uh, the oppressed. Uh, why are they so oppressed, forgotten? I would even use the word neglected. Um, if there's 70 million and only 2% are reached, that means that there hasn't been much attention given to uh, pursuing and reaching. And so why do you see um, them forgotten, maybe neglected? Um, what's some of your research say there? Well, oftentimes what happens is hearing people of course, don't know what to do with deaf people and may not know how to communicate with them. As I mentioned, most hearing parents of deaf children don't learn sign language, and so they often can't communicate with their own child. So the result of that is that hearing people make decisions for deaf people, impacting deaf people, without getting deaf people's input at all. 
And also hearing people will be involved in conversations, even hearing families with a deaf child at the dinner table will be talking and the deaf child doesn't understand what's going on and the deaf child will ask, or a deaf adult will ask, what's going on, what are you talking about? And they'll say, oh, it's not important. And that gives the message that the deaf person is not important. We want to know, we want to know what's going on. Or sometimes the hearing people will have a 15 minute conversation and we'll ask, what were you talking about? And we get a very, very brief summary. And so. Because of that, deaf people miss a lot of information growing up. So explain a little bit more about why there is no complete translation of the Bible uh, for the deaf community and then some of the challenges with uh, making that uh, possible. So as I mentioned, there's there is not an accepted written form of sign languages, but now we have the technology to record sign language. For spoken and written languages, if a Bible translation project is being done and you find that a word is in error and needs to be corrected, you can just correct it on your word processor, right? Just take out one word and put in another one. But our Bible is on video. It's in a studio. It's lights and camera and a real live person signing. And it's wonderful that we have the technology to do that. It's our time. It's the time for deaf people to be reached. It's the time for us to have the Bible in our language. But the challenge is that signer will practice and practice and memorize the passage and then film it. And then it has to be edited. And if we find an error, if one sign needs to be signed differently, that signer has to memorize the whole thing with the one, rep, uh, one replacement and then refilm the entire passage. And so translating the entire Bible into one sign language takes an estimated 40 years. Yeah, go ahead. You advance the slide. Doors primarily a church planting organization supported by sign language Bible translation. You can go forward again. In April the number of sign language Bible translators in the world was doubled. These men, there's 15 of them, <clears throat> six are hearing, nine are deaf, have become, after really, uh, I think like four to seven years of training, have become certified sign language Bible translators. So now we have approximately 25 that we're working on across the world. They were anointed, uh, keep going, we washed their feet to, to just make sure that they, uh, were blessed by all of us that were there at the celebration that happened in Nairobi, Kenya. You can, um, you can find out a lot more about this information if you go to uh, ydoor.org, which we showed you at the very beginning. I want to reset what he just said because it just, it's one of those things you have to hear twice. They just anointed and appointed, how many more did you just say? 15. 15 in the world. But previously to that, in the world, there was how many? Probably five. Probably five. Who could translate. And I'm just telling you guys, like, it is an unbelievable move of God that's beginning just now. Like, you want to talk about being a part of, like, a move of God. You want to be a part of New Testament living. And God, you know, this is what we're talking about. And I realize that it doesn't hit us all the same way on an everyday level. But I'm talking about this is literally what you would categorize revival in the world. Right. Amen. There's one deaf Jewish rabbi in the world that we know of. 
Mark is training him to do Bible translation in the Bible storytelling way that we do. This is an amazing man. I am working with this deaf rabbi, and uh, there is a deaf boy. Uh, there, there was a deaf boy who was trying to read the Torah, but he was having difficulty. And so, uh, they asked the rabbi to sign parts of the Torah and send it to this little boy so he could understand. So he did, and then hit the mother, the hearing mother, said, "You should translate the Torah into sign language." And they've just started last month in Israel translating the Torah into sign language. So, and the, this came from this mother who was asking and wanting her son to understand. So if you advance to the, the video, which you can play while Mark is uh, telling a story. Recently, one of our, we have a team that goes out to go into a community first, because we need to find out what sign language is there, how many deaf, how many partners are there. This is actually in India, but there's a, there's an incredible story from Sri Lanka that I think Mark should tell. Yeah, turn that audio down while we hear this story. So in India, almost all of the people are Hindu. And these deaf people are becoming saved through the Bible translation into sign language. They're finally understanding God's word for the first time. You can see the joy on their faces. You can see how excited they are because they're understanding God's word in their own language. This was a family camp. Uh, they were just so excited. Imagine, so I assume most of you, your heart language is English, and maybe you've studied a second language at some level. Maybe you know some Spanish, for example. And if you had a Spanish Bible, maybe you could catch some of it, but suppose that the only Bible you had access to was in Spanish. That's what it's like for deaf people. The, the written language of our country is a second language for us. And so when deaf people see the Bible in their sign language for the first time, it's really a powerful impact, it has a powerful impact on their lives. And uh, you know, most hearing people have a difficult time communicating with deaf people. And many deaf people believe that God is hearing. He's not deaf, he's not like us, he doesn't know our language. And so when they see the Bible translation in their own language, they say, God can communicate with us in our own language. And it changes their lives. Now, when I was in Sri Lanka, uh, a survey team went recently, I'm sorry, a team, a team went recently, a survey team went to check into the community and so forth before we start translation. And part of what they discovered during that trip was that there was no sign in Sri Lankan sign language for forgiveness. They don't have the sign. They don't have a sign for that concept. They were all from Hindu backgrounds and they didn't even have the concept in their language. The closest they could come up with was sorry, the sign that means sorry, but they weren't even familiar with the concept of forgiveness. And so imagine the impact that Bible translation will have on them as they learn through, the, through God's word what forgiveness means. You're talking about a pillar to the gospel message. You know, it's the forgiveness of sin. Your debt has been paid, forgiveness. And for them to not even be able to comprehend that, this is why the world needs this. The 70 million needs this, not just because it's a nice idea. This is critical to the gospel message to be able to get this out and to get this right. Amen. I'm going to have you just spend a few more minutes sharing the, the practical 
application. So you have your 50 by 25, your CBT, the two by two, uh, some of those strategic breakdowns um, and how, how DOOR is working that way. As I mentioned, DOOR is unique because we do both Bible translation and church planting. So we do Bible translation by a process called chronological Bible translation, and it's a perfect approach for deaf people because deaf people grew up missing so much information. Chronological Bible translation is an approach that helps to sort of connect the dots and helps deaf people to see the whole picture of who God is throughout the Bible. And we, then we provide that completed translation to a church planting team, and the church planting team uses that for evangelism, for discipleship, helping people to grow in their faith and follow God for church planting. So our, our church planting program is called Two by Two, and it comes from Luke when Jesus sent out the 72, two by two. And so we have teams of two, and as we choose these teams, we look for one person who has gifts in teaching and another who has gifts in evangelism, and they go to an unreached area, and they begin teaching. And it's an amazing process. We currently have 11 Bible translations in process, and we have done, we have been involved in 20 translation projects, 20 different sign languages. We have two by two going on in 15 different countries. We have over 40 teams of two by two church planters. And our strategic goal is 50 by 25. The 50 represents 50% of the deaf of the world. And our goal is that they will have access to God's word in their heart language and that they will have a deaf-led church planting movement going on in their country or in their community by 2025. This is a gargantuan goal, and we really need your prayers. There are so many challenges. Uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, uh, you know, for the last 2,000 years, deaf people have not known. Deaf people are always the last to know, and now is our time. So in your space this week, 14 coming from all over the world, <clears throat> and then the staff here, and then we also have a U.S. board that supports the ministry. They came in later in the week, but that's what happened upstairs in your spaces, was taking that vision, which is an amazing, audacious goal, and trying to, again, decide where we're going next and how we're going to get there, what translations have to happen. In some places, a translation uh, like Russian, allows us to go into many other places if we get the first one done. So all of that conversation, that strategy, that what are we going to do, where are we failing, what's working, what isn't, it all gets tweaked, and it's all deaf-led. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, in closing, just a few things you know that are on your heart, let us know, and then um, also how the church can support you and help and connect. Yes, as I mentioned, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And one of the big challenges is that sometimes we, we face very serious opposition, and so we really need your prayers. And we also are able, we have a number of excellent deaf leaders in our organization, but most deaf people have great difficulty raising support. They can't communicate to hearing churches. They I would have to get an interpreter every time. They're gifted. We would love to bring, even some of them are not on our staff yet. We'd love to bring them on staff, but we raise support for them. And uh, also, there are so many sign languages in the world, as I mentioned, 
but there's one sign that's the same everywhere, and this is it. It means Jesus. That sign is the same in every country. We would love for you to stop at the table in the back. One of these cards, there aren't enough, so those of you with a camera on your phone, just take a picture of it, please. But we have started an initiative that at 3.21 p.m. every day, based on Romans 15 in military times, 3 o'clock, it's, it's a core verse for our ministry. So many of us have taken our phones and set an alarm for 321, and we just stop, and we ask you to do the same thing, and pray for door. Whichever aspect of it you want, just pray for door. We are facing a lot of persecution, and the government's coming in and saying, nope, you can't do this work. So we have many, many people that are sharing stories of threats on their lives, and um, yeah, we've just recently had to move a family out of one of our buildings. But, and there's a lot of stories we just plain can't tell. And you guys all know this, that you know, the enemy will, will kind of let you play church. If you're just going through the motions, he'll leave you alone. But the minute you start going to take territory is when he's going to show up to push back. And that's what this is. That's what this ministry is doing. It's saying, hey, there's territory over here uh, unclaimed uh, by the gospel, and we're going to go get it. And so the enemy is going to try to fight it. So definitely, I know that feels so cliche to say, be praying for them, you know, but I mean, we believe prayer is a covering. It's a protection. It's a, and so prayer is a major, major deal, but I do encourage you, their table's just out the door right out there. They're going to be back there. Um, Get the information. uh, Definitely all the social media, subscribe to it. Just like the love for a child camp. Uh, not just so that you follow it, but so that when you see it, you can pray for it, speak into them. Uh, if you feel led to give financially, I encourage you, go give, give generously. Uh, you know, when you sow a seed like that, how I many you know God promises he's going to take care of you? And, um, and so it's, it's good ground for you to sow into. And, um, and so I encourage you, all the ways that you can make this a part of your life, please do so. If you know people who need to know about it, connect them and um, can't wait to see God. Uh, grow it, and um, we just give thanks in advance for all that he's already going to do. Amen? Amen. I didn't mention that. There's 185 staff. There's only 15 of us that live in the U.S. Hmm. Of the more than 185, 85% of them are deaf. Hmm. We sometimes face an awareness issue, right? We're right here in Zealand. Nobody knows about us. Mm-hmm. Our ministry is really out there, mm-hmm. so we need more of you to be spreading the word. Yeah, Absolutely. Anything else you would like to share? All right. All right. Would you guys stretch your hand towards them? We're going to pray over this ministry and, uh, and just ask God to continue to bless it. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this ministry and these people that you've put together. Uh, Lord, we don't use that word revival lightly. Uh, we, we do believe that you are, you're on the move in this ministry. And so, Lord, we just speak success and victory and provision and advancement all over this ministry and every person involved. Lord, we know that your word says that as we seek you, everything we need will be added unto us. So, God, we just pray addition into this ministry. Addition in finances, addition in people, addition in ideas, strategies, addition into health. Uh, Lord, we just come against any attack that may come against the ministry. We just, we just curse it and speak it will be not in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is empowering them. Lord, like, like 
just on the inside, mighty rushing waters, rivers, Lord, of your power on the inside of them as they move forth and minister. We just say thank you, Lord, that every place that their foot steps, Lord, you've given to them. And we call it successful. In Jesus' name, amen.